Well, first of all, Happy New Year! It's good to be back after taking a couple of weeks off for the holidays. Uh, I want to start today by giving you a little bit of my history when it comes to podcasts, not in terms of podcasting, which I'm doing right now as I speak into this microphone, but listening to podcasts. The first time that I ever listened to a podcast was back in 2007, and that first podcast that I listened to was called The Guys Podcast. And it was awesome. <laughs> it was hosted by three guys who loved science fiction, technology, and video games. In other words, three guys who are uh, into all the same things that I was. Yes, I have a little bit of geek in me. Maybe maybe more than a little bit. Uh, <laughs> well, not long after that, I started listening to another podcast called The Praxis Podcast, which focused on the practice of ministry and spirituality. And this one was hosted by uh, two pastors in the Cincinnati area. Totally different podcasts, but they had one thing in common, and that is that my good friend D.G. Hollams was a host on both of them. And D.G. is my guest uh, today on Spiritual Life and Leadership. Now, what I love about D.G., is not only that he's one of the kindest and most loving people I know, but also that DG is one of the earliest adopters that I know. And that's true in terms of technology. Uh, I think DG was my first friend who owned an iPhone. Uh, but it's also true in terms of ministry. Uh, DG is an early adopter when it comes to the practice of ministry. Uh, DG loves to think outside the box when it comes to ministry. You'll hear DG today share about his ministry when he was in Cincinnati called The Waters, which was a church plant that met in bars and included atheists and agnostics. Maybe it doesn't sound so unique today, but it certainly was back in the early 2000s. Uh, you'll also hear about DG's most recent ministry passion, which is an online community for people who have been hurt and betrayed in ministry, uh, which unfortunately is something that DG has some experience with, and he'll he'll share a bit about that. Uh, but it's for people who love Jesus, but who have unfortunately lost faith in the church as an organization. Uh, now, I wish I could introduce every one of you to my friend DG, uh, but I can't, and so... I guess this podcast episode will have to do. So here we go. I'm Marcus Watson, and this is episode 18 of Spiritual Life and Leadership. DG Hollums, how's it going? It's going well, man. It's going really well. Good. <laughs> man, I'm, ex I'm in Austin, Texas, and we have the highest level of pollen for cedar oh. that we've had in like 12 years. And so oh my, my my voice is a little bit lower and funky because of that. that. Sounds... So if you hear me squeak, then I apologize. <laughs> it <laughs> sounds like, I'm good. Doing really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let me just kind of tell folks listening kind of how we know each other. Um, and then I, I want you to introduce yourself and kind of share a little bit about what, what you're you know, doing these days and what you've been doing. Um, so DG and I met, gosh, probably like 2004 or five when in uh, Northern Kentucky, I lived in Union, Kentucky, and you lived real close to Union. You were, uh, at a Methodist church out there. I was at a Presbyterian church and, uh, I think you, connected with a senior pastor at my church. I was an associate pastor and he came to me and handed me your business card and he said, Hey, he's 
uh, more like you than like me or something like that. You know, <laughs> you might be interested <laughs> in getting to know him. And you had this cool business You're card with under the age of 40. <laughs> Right, exactly. Well, in that time, it was like barely over thirty. <laughs> exactly, but yeah. um, and maybe about thirty. But uh, you had this cool business card with like a cartoon version of yourself, and uh, I just thought it was really cool. So, oh man, that was call really and, cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then we ended up in like a kind of a pastors group with young pastors, and then uh, one older guy who was almost like the mentor of the group. We'd get together every Thursday, oh, and uh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, at the Barnes yeah, & Noble yeah. coffee shop. Yeah. In uh Cincinnati. Uh where where was that? Um that was well it was actually um Northern Kentucky Co- uh Covington, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and oh, you and no, I hung man, out a lot. crazy like memories are yeah. flooding back to top. Yeah, yeah. So good stuff. <laughs> so anyway, that's how DG and I know each other. Um why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of where you're at, what you're doing these days, and uh, and then I've got some kind of fun questions to ask you to get to know you a little bit. Yeah, man, that's good. Um, I'm I'm a United Methodist pastor. Um, I'm an elder in full connection is the the polity term. Um, I'm actually I'm actually a member of the New Mexico Annual Conference, even though I'm living in Austin, Texas right now. Um, and I, good gracious, I am one of the mutt of uh of the clergy world <laughs> uh, okay. I've, uh, I've been a senior pastor i've been a youth pastor i've been an associate pastor i've been a church planter uh i've worked at the uh, corporate headquarters long john let's have long john silvers yeah i did that too but i did the, for the corporate headquarters mm-hmm. for the united Methodist church uh mm-hmm. in nashville doing recent church which is the social media part of united Methodist communications um for the cool hip people and, okay. <laughs> um, and, and it, it was a global understanding, but it was primarily, uh, primarily marketed to the people in the States. But, um, yeah, so I mean, that's the spiritual, uh, clergy side of me. And then I've also worked at Long John Silver's in their marketing department and corporate headquarters. I've worked, um, uh, I've worked at Tesla. I've worked at oh, Apple. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, uh, and I'm currently working part-time at Apple. And uh, trying to get a full time position somewhere or at Apple, and uh, oh, cool. yeah. yeah, yeah, and I'm doing something funky uh, and and trying to get this thing off the ground too. So, which we will talk about later. <laughs> yeah, so you are, um, you know, there are people called early adopters, and you're the earliest adopter I know when it comes to technology. Um, <laughs> like, I think you're the first person I knew who had an iPhone. Right. And so uh, it's like a perfect fit for you to be. And you've been at Apple on and off like for years. And anyway, yeah. uh, good stuff. Um, cool. And so let me ask you a couple of just kind of fun get to know you questions here. Um, sure. How about this one? Um, what would a mirror opposite of yourself be like? Oh, man, uh, they would be dead sexy. Um <laughs> They would be. Ooh, that's you know, the spiritual piece I never thought of. But I was going to say they would be uh, agnostic, but I don't know. It's oh. <laughs> um, a good, it's a good thing to think about. I don't know. They'd probably yeah. be atheist, agnostic, yeah. Um, yeah, I, because sexy humanist is too much close to Jesus. Um, yeah. They would be. They would be skinny. They would be hairless. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, because, because I tell everybody, I'm pretty sure my my mom bathed me in Rogaine as a baby. Uh, they did have hair hair on top, but no hair anywhere else, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I, have this, I have a huge beard, everybody. But um, yeah, yeah. this is not a video mm-hmm. podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they, they would be really, really lonely. Um, mm. I, I think that, I think they'd just be horribly, like, I'd probably be like a coder. And I would just sit in front mm. of a computer. Well, no, I'd have to not sit in front of it. Well, I don't know. <laughs> mm. Now you get me thinking all over the place. Because there's a part of me that would have to be a coder on a computer. Uh, oh, okay. But, but I actually, there are times where I love being by myself. Yeah. And so it makes me, it makes me think I would be something else too. But uh, yeah. yeah, man, I, you know, okay. I'd be, I'd, I'm not sure what the opposite of human being would be, but. <laughs> well, that's a good question. <laughs> it's a theological question, maybe, huh? Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. How about this one? When do you feel truly alive? Uh, two two ways. I well, I, I describe myself as an extroverted contemplative, and so okay. um, mm. I truly find myself just wildly alive when I am getting to do um, just some contemplative meditation stuff, especially. Uh, Visio Divina, which I do with my photography, contemplative mm-hmm. photography. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love doing that. And then I also I get rejuvenated as well being around people. Man, I, I love yeah. um, cracking jokes and having fun and uh, talking to people. And if I if I'm around a bunch of people, it it, it rejuvenates me. But also when I'm alone with yeah. God, that's yeah. extremely rejuvenating. And that and that's kind of a newer piece to me. Um, mm. It wasn't until I went to, when I lived in Albuquerque. And developed a really good friendship with Richard War that I started oh, falling in love with the contemplative aspect uh, mm. of life, and that I kind of found a little bit more of who I am in the midst of the mm. challenges of life. And that wow! Was a, it was a, and I know we're going to talk about that too, but yeah, yeah, that was yeah that kind of changed and shaped and formed me to not just be this massive extrovert, but interesting. Um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And uh, and just I just thought of this uh, question, but um, you're familiar with the Enneagram, I imagine. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you a seven? Uh, you know, you know? It's funny. The first time Richard met me, he was like, "You're a four, big time four. Oh, really? Um, and um, and I was going through a lot of depression at the time, and I was uh. actually really loving art at the time with hmm. my photography, and so he picked uh-huh. up on that immediately. Huh. Uh, but, but then he, when I, he saw me actually with my camera and I was taking pictures of something called the Trinity, what I call the Trinity tree. They, I think they all call it now the Trinity tree, uh, that's in the back of the CAC and they're in Albuquerque. And, okay. uh, and he was like, Oh, there's the seven. <laughs> oh, so you are. <laughs> <was> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think I, I'm not sure what my wings are, but <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I like to fly with those wings sometimes. I don't yeah, know. If yeah. seven or, I don't know what I really don't know what you know what the wings mean, but uh, yeah, yeah. But I, but I, I'm weird, man. I'm funky. I like I'll go between seven and four all day long. It's Interesting. Crazy. Yeah, as I, as I've been learning the Enneagram, um, like when I started learning about and just reading descriptions and read seven, I'm like, oh, that's totally DG. Like you're the first person who came to mind, <laughs> which is sort of the fun, um, you know, loves to make life awesome for everybody kind of kind of personality yeah. and yeah that's you yeah. um okay hey yeah. a couple other quick questions oh <laughs> okay. well, Go ahead. i had a, I had a friend of mine that she's really into 
I don't know, like Reiki. And I mean, she's way, you know, I don't know, hippie more than I. <laughs> and yeah. She was like, you're, you're a, I forgot what you called me, but she was basically like, you're a rock or you're a stone. Oh. And uh, I was like, okay. And she's like, you're just like the, the jovial guy that, that has huh. a lot of mass. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you just called me Santa, but okay. All right. I'm the, that's, I'm the fat, happy guy. That that's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. I, I usually tell people that, uh, I, well, I'll probably see Jesus before you because I'm fat yeah. and I'll die sooner. And yeah. I'm going to meet Jesus very happy because I enjoy eating food. That's not a bad part. Uh, nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> okay. I got another question for you. Um, what's the most formative book you've read? Uh, I'd say Surprised by Hope uh, by N.T. Okay. Wright, and I would mm. say also Eyes of the Heart um, huh. by, oh my goodness, she's going to kill me if I don't get this right. Um, uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, I'll have to look it up. I'm going to uh, get on the internet okay. right now. I can't believe I forgot this book. It's uh, I, like, I absolutely love it. I'll uh, never forget that I was well, talking to an author one time and they were like, you've got to start remembering authors' names, man. This is oh. killing me. It's killing me. <laughs> That's funny. Well, if you think about it, if it pops in your head as we're talking, feel free to jump in and just say, it. all right, two, two more questions. Yeah, um, a little more fun. Uh, what are you watching on Netflix these days or Amazon prime or whatever? Okay. So really quick, I found it. It's Christine Vaultner's Paytoner. Uh, and she oh, is the book. She's, yeah, the book. It's called The Eyes of the Heart, Photography as a Christian Contemplative Practice. Oh, cool. And uh, anyway, it's called Christine. It's by Christine Vault, Vaultner's Paintner. Okay. Uh, and uh, she actually, she's actually an online abbotist. And she's got a, she's okay. actually one of the um, the influences of what we're going to talk about here in a second. Anyway. All right. Uh, what am I watching on Netflix, you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So the last thing I watched on Netflix was Roma. Oh, Okay. Uh, which is getting all kinds of awards. And the reason I was excited about it was it was a uh, black and white. It was shot in black and white. Hmm. Uh, but I mean, it is like, it is old school, like great Gatsby movie. You know, it has like tons oh. of imagery in it with the billboard with the eyes, you know, uh, okay. it has tons of imagery in it with uh, airplanes and uh, a boy that dresses up like a, like a spaceman. I mean, there's all kinds of really cool imagery, but it is the most, you would think it's the most boring, mundane uh, movie because it's not it's not the typical movie that we have nowadays. It has a typical plot and has you know these different things. It literally is just like a uh, a contemplative movie on the life of of a house cleaner in Mexico. One more, one more, and I think I know the answer to this question. But then, and that's why I want to yeah. a- ask it. If you had to recommend a TV series on Netflix or Amazon prime or wherever, anything, what would it be? You know, I was just looking that up because I am a massive, massive firefly fan. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and you already do that, but they yep. took firefly away from, from, uh, Netflix. You can watch serenity, the movie, but you oh. can't watch firefly. Oh. And uh, I think the only place you can watch it now is like Hulu. Um, okay. which is not Amazon Prime and it's not Netflix, which is the two I subscribe Well, that's okay. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Are you, yeah, that's where actually where I watched it. You recommended it to me like yes. 11, 12 years ago, and, and I yeah. watched it on Hulu back in the day before Netflix was streaming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, you can uh, probably get the whole DVD set for like 10 bucks nowadays. I mean, it's, probably. 
it's so good. It's so beautiful about character development and storyline, especially with Shepherd Book, um, huh. who is uh, a monk and who's left the monastery and hanging out with all these funky weird people. But um, yeah. but yeah, man, that's that is so excellent. Well, cool, good stuff. Um, all right, hey, let's get into the more um, you know serious spiritual stuff. The boring. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the reason that everyone listens to your podcast, yeah. That's right. Right. We're going to get into that now. So, um, uh, so you've had, you know, over the years, you've had ups and downs and highs and lows when it comes to ministry. And, uh, maybe just tell us about some of the high points in your ministry life. Yeah, sure. Um, probably one of the most beautiful examples of community that I've ever been a part of was when I was doing the church plant called the waters Mm -hmm. and it was in Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area. And, uh, it was primarily made up I'd say about at least 75 to 80% of the people that were involved were atheist, agnostic, or secular humanist. Yeah. And, um, and we also had other ones. We, we had some of them that were called life gatherings and we had some of them called organic gatherings, organic gatherings. The larger percentage of the people were not Christian. The life gatherings were Christian. So we created basically, uh, house churches, but they met, some of them met in homes. Most of the Christians that were part of the church that was there, that were a part of it, they met in homes. But all the all the rest of the people would meet in pubs or um, we met in Hooters for a little bit. We met in Starbucks. We met um, in, in basically. And then as, as babies started showing up, we would slowly move into homes because it was just awkward to bring babies to a bar with people yeah. smoking. <laughs> oh <my laughs> right. there's, no, right. there's no playground outside the, outside the pub. Right. Um, right. But man, that was the most beautiful expression of church I've ever been a part of. I mean, uh, mm. I, you didn't get Sunday school answers. Uh, we mm-hmm. did Lectio Divina in you know in these pubs with atheists, and mm. uh, it was the most fresh, most beautiful expression of community. And people, I mean, we had a divorce in the middle of it all, and people were offering for either you know both couples to stay at their home, and wow. um, we we had, I mean, uh, one guy basically had a job and he could only get, he could only get there at night and one of his headlights went out. And I mean, just people just pull up money out of their pockets. It's like, Hey, here you go. Go buy a headlight. It was just, it was, it was just unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'm just thinking, uh, Definitely a high point. How do you like, uh, I was just thinking about that. Cause that's what you were doing when we first met. And I remember thinking, man, that's so cool. Like just what you were doing there. And, but, um, it didn't look like sort of the typical ministry, you know, where the goal is to get people, you know, saved or something like that. Like, well, how, how did you answer that question? If people said, yeah, but are people becoming Christians? Yeah, Maybe some yeah, did, yeah. I don't um, know, but. Yeah, no, seriously, we did. We had some, yeah. Um, my, my response to that was, um, Oh gosh. I mean, I can give you a long response. I can give you a short response. I don't know how long your podcast wants to be. <laughs> go, go ahead. Well, give me a medium response. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I'll, I'll never forget Donna Butler Bass was speaking and she actually wrote this in the history of Christianity, but uh, she always kept on saying that uh, the Western church really puts all of our focus on the great commission. Um, yeah. and, you know, which is go and make disciples. It doesn't say go and make converts. It says go and make disciples, which is really more of a student or an apprentice kind of understanding. Um, uh, and, and then after they've accepted Christ with the wooing of the Holy Spirit, then they can be able to, um, you know, be baptized. But, uh, but she said, but the, the place where we should be putting our focus is on the great commandment. 
And so we put our focus on the great commandments. And one of my favorite professors uh, from seminary was basically just saying that, you know, uh, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then the second is like it. And the is like it is actually an equaling statement. It's not like yeah. this is, un, this is not, this is subservient to the other one, but it's mm-hmm. basically saying in other words, love your neighbor as yourself. So mm-hmm. if you're going to love your neighbor as much as you love yourself, when you are loving your neighbor and loving yourself, you are actually loving God. Yeah. Um, and God, and Jesus said the same thing. I mean, go look at the, um, you know, the sheep and the goats, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, I was naked and you clothed me and I was thirsty. And you yeah. me so, so Jesus yeah. was saying the same thing. He just said it in two different ways, but that, and knowing that, um, uh, you know, the, the good Samaritan thing too, you know, like, well, okay, yeah. now, now I'm supposed to become friends with my enemies. <laughs> yeah, it's not right. just, you know, people that I, I hang out with or look like me. Um, and so with all that combined, I basically just said, you know, what does community look like for people that I, I'm just, I was tired of church hoppers. Yeah. Um, and I really wanted to go develop relationships with people who aren't Christian. So we would have people that would become secular humanists from being atheists. And we throw a party because that's closer to knowing Jesus. Hmm. Um, that's much closer to the teachings of Jesus that actually love fellow human beings. And so, uh, but we also did have people that would do it. So it was much more based on like, like Wesley would say, I'll know you're a Christian by if you're living out the fruit of the spirit. Like if I can see the fruit of the spirit in your life, right? then I right. can be able to know that you're a Christian instead of it just being like, oh yeah, I said that one time when I was coerced with emotions and, right. you know, at the junior high, <laughs> you know, right. uh, camp, yeah. and, and I was crying, and you know, and I said to Jesus, like, but are you truly living that out? And is that actually yeah. a piece of who you are? And so we would have people yeah. that would slowly turn into people that would lead the gatherings. Hmm. Um, and when they're leading the gatherings, it was because I could be able to see the fruit of the Spirit in their life. Um, and and it was just like I said, it was it was unbelievably beautiful. But we did have people that would accept Christ and. Uh, but I also tell everybody that the challenge that a lot of churches need to be living into is we're not creating spaces for people to wrestle with God. Um, most sermons, we're throwing the theology uh, at them. We're, you know, we're shoving it down their throat. We're not giving them opportunities to really wrestle with the text or wrestle with God, especially wrestling in community. And that's what I wanted to provide. I wanted that Lectio Divina to be a wrestling with God in community yeah. with those people. Um, and And it was it was really, really good because I just, I just basically told people like we, for some reason, we just think that, that, that conversion piece has to happen within a certain amount of time. And I would tell people like, well, if the church was good at creating wrestling spaces uh, where they could get a a broken hip and a new name and lead God's people, (laughs) uh, then, then we could be able to provide, uh, you know, true leaders to be able to go out for the future of the church because they've done a bunch of wrestling and now this is not just a, a, you know, a shallow faith. This is something they've wrestled with for the, you know, 10, 15 years and come to this conclusion. And I think that a lot of church plants um, and denominations as a whole have this really horrible expectation that you're going to, you're going to build up a church and you're going to build it up from atheist agnostic, like people accepting Jesus mm. yeah. uh, within five years and yeah. and I just I want it to be a healthy growth, and I think healthy growth takes time, just like yeah. a healthy marriage and you know all kinds of stuff. Because we're all dealing with yeah. relationships, and so I think that the church plants 
should see themselves as a 15 year mission mm. uh, to plant themselves in a place intentionally to develop relationships and then, and then start, if you want to start counting, which I think is wrong anyway, but if you want to start counting Christians, uh, yeah. start counting after 15 years and let's, let's, let's actually look at it in a much longer term understanding, yeah. generational That's understanding great. instead of just exceptions. That's great. That's great. Sorry. That's so, probably more long than medium. <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, that, that was a, a pretty amazing time. Uh, and I just remember kind of watching that, uh, uh, back in those times. Um, but you've also had some low points and what if, what have the low points felt like for you? Uh, it felt like death warmed over. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've had and, some I mean, without, too, without maybe, uh, I don't know, saying more than, yeah, than yeah, yeah. you should say, but like, what has that been like for you? Cause I know you shared some things with me over the years, but what have the low points yeah. been like? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I've moved through it, you know, um, mm-hmm. and you have the, I mean, people have accused me of things and just like you and, and people have uh, treated me not with love and care and respect and, um, and I've had to move into that realm of forgiveness. But when I'm in that moment, when I'm in that space of betrayal, um, yeah. and most of the time it was betrayal, and that's the that's the word that kind of comes to mind. Yeah, uh, is the betrayal piece. I yeah. just I just felt like it was it was just so painful. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was pure pain, and yeah, um, yeah. it was just. It's, it's, horribly challenging to be able to be a part of. And so, um, you know, and, and I, I take meds now. I mean, I literally take medication for PTSD for how the church has hurt me. Mm. In the past. Um, mm. And I'm, I'm thankful uh, for those meds and for the counseling I've gone through and, and to be able to help me pick out some triggers and stuff like yeah. that. But uh, I saw something that was posted on Facebook just today that said something like, I wish that going to see your counselor when you are sad and depressed was just as acceptable as going to see your doctor when you're sick. <laughs> right. Right. And, uh, yep. and, it, and there is kind of a, this weird stipulation for mental illness or whatever else, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I not uh, stigma, not a stipulation, but, uh, you know, it's just a challenge to be able to live into those things. And so yep. if I wasn't for my wife that was supportive and would, you know, would be holding my arms up when I couldn't hold them up anymore, mm. Um, and she took over our finances because one of the triggers was money for me. And I mean, it was just, um, it was, it was, it was depression, man. I mean, it was the full on, like, I don't think I can get out of this and I don't know what to do. And, um, and it was a lot of just, a lot of just, it wasn't sulking. It was just blank. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it, it was, it was an emptiness. It was a blankness. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, yeah. Well, I, I relate. I haven't, uh, shared my story here on the podcast someday. Maybe I will. Um, but, um, but yeah, but I've experienced that same kind of thing that, uh, betrayal, people accusing me of things. And so that kind of that blankness or that emptiness, I kind of get that. It's like, what is going on? Like, how did <laughs> and why? Right. And, uh, yeah. And it's amazing. You know, you shared, sorry, go ahead. I think, I, I think we have a slight mine, delay there. Go ahead. Mine was, mine was from, uh, from people that I thought and felt were supposed to be like pastors to me. You know what I'm saying? Like mm, I, they were people, yeah. they were people that I respected. 
they were holding titles that <clears throat> I thought you got because you were a person of honor and a person of grace. And I really didn't want to believe that the church was as political as it is, but it is yeah. just as political as anything you'd see in the government. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I, oh my gosh, I, I really, I truly despise politicalness, but I love yeah. humanity. Um, so I've, uh, I've heard you refer to people like who've been in ministry, but have experienced a lot of pain, uh, even betrayal as duns or almost duns. And, uh, maybe tell us what you mean by that. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, you know, we, we've heard the term, um, from like P research and stuff like that. When, you know, they ask it, you know, they're asking people like, do you define yourself as a Christian or do you find yourself as, you know, spiritually or you know well and then, then the, there's always one option that just says none of the above mm-hmm. and so there's a group of people that have taken on that ownership of being called nuns yeah. but um but i think there are a group of people uh and i think it's growing larger and larger and larger that are like myself and my wife and, uh, and several several friends that um they're almost done with the mm-hmm. church And uh, because of betrayals or just they don't fit in with the, you know, with the roles they're supposed to be fitting into and rules and the lack of grace and all kinds of stuff that are found often, too often in the church. And so they're not completely done with their faith. They still love Jesus. They still love uh, the theology of the Trinity and things like that. But they're almost done with church. uh, and they might be done with the church, but they're not done with the faith yet. And, and so yeah. they they just don't have a community. They don't have a space. They don't have a place where they feel like they can be themselves, but also um, find a community where, you know, that's allowed to exist. And so uh, where we came up with um, with this term almost done. Mm, yeah, <laughs> and when yeah. I say that to a lot of people, they're like, yeah, that's yep. That's definitely me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, and you know yeah. it's real when people are like, "Oh, you just gave me a language that I never had," and that's exactly the way I feel. You know, yeah, almost, almost done is the term we. Yeah, and you kind of have a heart for the almost done's. Definitely, I, I mean, I am one. So yeah, um, you know, I it, it's 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 selfish, but it's also something that I you know I love people, dang it, and I can't stop loving them. Just <laughs> who yeah. I am. So, yeah. um, if I know that I have had betrayal. And I've worked through that betrayal, um, and I and I don't want to find my existence within that betrayal. I want to find my existence beyond that betrayal, which would, I, which I I think the opposite of the betrayal would would possibly be a peacemaker, like someone who has lived through it. They've they've chosen forgiveness instead of instead mm-hmm. of death of relationship, and um, and 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 then they keep on working for those kinds of things, and so. The, yeah. uh yeah, I've been saying the spiritually betrayed peacemakers. I mean, Henry Nowen would always say the wounded healers. You know, it's just All right. mm-hmm. that that kind of understanding. Like maybe this is who we should be finding for leaders of the church, yeah. and uh, because it's the wounded healers that have been through where we're yep. expecting others to be able to walk through, and yep. um, and to be able to lead. Example and, and love and care yeah. and authenticity yeah. through that. So. 
it's kind of interesting. I'm just reflecting on, uh, my own experience and, uh, uh, you know, and the importance of being a, a wounded healer. I actually haven't read the book yet. I need to read that. It's on my list. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I, but I, I resonate just with it, the, you know, the, the idea because, um, like what I, what I found is that having been through, uh, a season of pain and betrayal and still kind of reeling in some ways from that, um, uh, it, it's actually made me more compassionate, you know, and, uh, has given me, I think, clarity on, in a sense, on the mission of the church or why the church exists, you know, where it used to be very crassly put, we got to get people to show up for stuff, you know, and uh, <laughs> I would get so stressed out when people wouldn't show up for stuff. But now yeah. I'm like, no, that's not what it is. It's it's right. letting people know that they are loved by a God who um, thinks more of them than anyone and, 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 and more than they could ever imagine, you know? And, uh, um, yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting how suffering can give you so much clarity. Um, but I think you also have to, uh, I'm reflecting here, sorry, instead of letting you talk, but I think you have to, you have to also be, have to be open. You have to, there's some surrender involved, you know, and just say, okay, God, uh, this is not the end of my story, but what are you, what's this chapter that you're writing right now? Um, and then eventually you can kind of look back and say, oh, okay, you know, that chapter has been written and I can see what, you know, what God was doing in that chapter of my life. And uh, yeah. anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's very biblical. I mean, if you look at a meta narrative understanding, that's a very empty right thing to do. <laughs> uh-huh. but, uh, yeah. But, you know, if you're looking at a meta narrative understanding, I mean, there's always this time of, of, you have this creation piece and you have this uncreation and you have this recreation piece. And so, you know, I, I think that our lives are, are often going through that kind of a cycle. Mm. And, um, and I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's when you're walking in the desert for 40 years uh, that you don't come to appreciate the promised land until after that, you know, it's when Jesus yeah, is going in the right. desert and, you know, right, it's, it's, it's right. always something, something always amazing happens, but it's yeah. always, almost, almost always after a time of like really massive challenge, persecution, whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that that's just where, where we're at. And I think that cycle lives within the life of the church. I think it lives within our own selves individually. Uh, the reign of God, you know, the kingdom kind of stuff does the same stuff. I mean, I, I really yeah. see that, uh, you know, Phyllis Tickle's work around this new Reformation understanding um, that's actually occurring slowly but surely like right around now. It, it, I think it's part of it too. You know, we're going through a really challenging time right now as a church. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and we're trying to figure out who we are and what we're supposed to be for the future and still honor the God that we serve. And so uh, it makes for a really difficult time and i think that we're kind of in that time right now in the church we're in a time of transition uh and it feels like it feels like a desert um yeah it's a challenging yeah. time but you know we, we might even want to hit a rock and force water to come out instead of just asking for it. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yeah uh, that's true so i believe that's in god's grace <laughs> yeah so so you've yeah so you're you're kind of passionate uh these days about helping folks who are almost done and uh you've shared a little bit with me about 
something that you're working on. Why don't you tell us about what you're working on um, to help with the almost duns or, or whatever that's looking like now for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I basically uh, just, you know, a little tiny understanding would be basically I'm trying to create an online community uh, that the idea that it would spill off and become, you know, person to person community it didn't, it didn't only mm-hmm. stay online. But, yeah. uh, but I would love to kind of create uh, a set of neo fryers um, hmm. that could be male and female, obviously. Um, yeah. That, you know, that you could follow a rule of life uh, that gives you uh, that, that when you are part of that, you know, you're joining a group of people that have a shared value and know who we are. Uh, and that it would be an online community that provides uh, potentiality and support. I, I, I think I came up with potentiality with you. I think that was actually a term we talked about yeah. in an airport. Uh, I think we were at a Chili's at an airport somewhere oh. when we went to the Seattle conference. Yeah. And, uh, uh, the guy was talking about uh, accountability. And I just said, you know, accountability for me just has some nasty negative turn, turn huh. uh, you know, you know, connotations for me. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I was just like, but what if I was actually going to help you live into your full potential as a, a person of faith for who you are? Well, I would want to hold, I would want to give you some potentiality, not accountability. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that the, the oh, hardcore cool. post Calvinists in the world, like, no, 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 it has to be accountability. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I yeah. still love the understanding that I want to hold you in your full potential. Anyway, provide potentiality yeah. and support for them. Um, and we would provide a spiritual mentorship and also a career coach possibly, and then provide a potential income. So like the things that like when I interviewed all the people that were the almost done, I'm still interviewing people. So if you call yourself an almost done, then, you know, please send your email and your name to, to me or, you know, I don't, we'll figure out how you can do it. Some link somewhere, but, but basically when I talk to the people, they basically just say, listen, I can't find my place within the church. I've looked, I've tried, and and I, I don't know I don't know where I fit, yeah. but I still want to live into a calling for me to be a minister. You know, like I have a seminary degree, or yeah. I've you know I'm, I'm I'm extremely passionate about my faith, and I want to be living into my calling to be a minister. And I need yeah. a supportive and loving community uh, that yeah. I either don't have or I've chosen not to have because I don't fit into the the options that I have for church right now for community. Yeah. And then lastly, they always say, I need a job. <laughs> like, I just yeah, need a job. Right. That's one of the and, hardest and things I, is if. <laughs> exactly. And if yeah. you're clergy and you, and you have this 96 hour master's degree of divinity and you try to go to Apple and say, yeah, I want to become a manager. They're like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> right. I've been, I've been the senior pastor of a staff of 15 and, and I, you know, I've, I've, I've basically run an organization of 500 people and they're like, yeah, yeah. I, it's hard for me to translate. Yeah, right. And so uh, right. it's just really difficult for them to be able to grasp that. And like, I, there's yeah. a cartoon I have that two kids playing, and it says, "You know, what do you want to be when you give up?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, that's good. <laughs> it's, it's painful, but it's true, you know. But, uh, yeah. but so that's the idea. Is and and so I was trying to call it the almost duns or the neo friars. Another term mm-hmm. I had was the remnant. Uh, I was okay. going to go with the remnant because I kind of like the imagery of like yeah. the patchwork quilt and. The people that are making a quilt would just cut off pieces and they would be discarded. But then there are some people that take those discarded pieces and make a, yeah. you know, make a still useful, but in beautiful in its own way, kind of a blanket kind of thing. But then I found out from some really hardcore um, fundamentalists or they had that fundamentalist background. They're like, please don't uh-huh. use that term because that was used by the people 
that basically if, if you are in, then you are part of the remnant. If you were out, then you were not. And I was like, okay, maybe oh, we're going to change. Wow. <laughs> so maybe well, we're back to, to almost done. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. we're back to almost done. But I just didn't have that background. But anyway, but yeah, the idea would be that you could be able to have an app on the phone uh, or a website. It would provide um, different kinds of practices. So I would give everyone, um, you know, I'm actually writing a book right now called uh, The Divine Senses. And you're basically, mm. I'm going to teach people how to use all of their five or six or seven senses. That's a piece. What is it? The Divine uh, Senses? Yeah, Divine Senses. So you'd have sight and taste and smell and touch. Huh. Um, uh-huh. So you'd have all those, but you would use them just like uh, you use Lexio Divina. So I call it Visio Divina because of Christine Walters Painter's book, uh, Eyes of the Heart. And so now I'm going to create, you know, Visio Divina and Audio Divina and Gusto Divina for taste. And so I, that would provide those kinds of ways of being able to do a daily kind of a practice. We would have daily prayer on there, but we'd also provide a community piece where you can be able to have conversations. But I, I really think it's important to be able to have a mentor understanding there because I don't think yeah. very many of us have mentors especially yeah. mentors yeah. that have been through the muck. Um, yeah. And so to have some kind of a spiritual mentor involved in that would be a pretty beautiful piece too. And then of course, um, if they really are looking for a job someplace, uh, I, w- I would look at probably partnering with another company to be able to help them uh, mm. not only with the resume, but also do some career coaching yeah. and, um, and to be able to help them see how they can be able to allow their work to be, um, you know, the space for their life and they can be able to provide food for their kids, but also be able to yeah. find ministry with them where they work. Um, so that's, that's the idea great. is that we're going to create this online community that can be able to do that. And of course, I, you know, I have yeah. to feed my daughter too. So we're looking at yeah. grants, but we also would like to be able to be self-sufficient financially. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, maybe a membership kind of thing where if you join the membership, then you'll have a, a weekly one hour, you know, uh, talk with the spiritual mentor you'd have access to be having uh, daily prayer reminders, you know, and you could be able to decide if you want to do morning, noonday, evening and vespers or, you know, whatever else you want to do. Um, And then you could be able to kind of see uh, what people are doing and how people are are doing it. And maybe even having like, you know, online communal times of, of contemplation and prayer and and centering prayer and stuff like that too. But but that's kind of the idea. I mean, that's the goal and we've got a team created and I'm, I'm applying for grants and if anybody wants to support this financially, they can talk to me, of course. That's great. <laughs> but the, the, so, the, the challenge is to find the people that are almost done because we don't wear it like a badge. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. 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 You know, we're, we're either embarrassed by it or we've just given up on it almost. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so um, the, the challenge is to be able to find those people because we're all over the place where there's so many, I think there's a much larger number of us than people want to say. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, or imagine, but but finding those people is huge. So if you know of anybody, or if anybody knows of other people that would kind of resonate with the almost done yeah. Neil Fryer yeah. stuff, then we'd yeah. love for to talk to you. Well, why don't you? Um, we'll kind of uh, finish here, but why don't you give us some way that people can contact you if uh, they want to know more about this or kind of follow the development of this in some way? Uh, yeah. Um, Good gracious! So I don't man. This is this is literally in the like the very innovative station stage of the sure, whole thing. Sure. So I don't even have. I mean, I've bought some domain names, but I don't have any email addresses yet or anything else oh, like that. Okay, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, you could probably. I mean, probably the easiest way to get a hold of me is just my personal email address. Okay. Uh, is that okay? You can share that. Yeah, I, I don't care. I mean, I'll, okay, whatever. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, I trust the people that are listening to your podcast. Maybe I shouldn't, but I don't okay, know. Good. I am. I trust you guys. I love y'all. But basically, um, it's uh, Argon Hollum. So Argon, like the Nobel gas, because I'm a massive geek. A R G O N. Uh-huh. And then my last name, H O L L U M S, at gmail.com. That's just my personal email. Okay, cool. Cool. And if I if I become super famous someday, then you'll have my personal email address. Well, that's yeah. Fancy, fancy stuff. Yeah. And, no, uh, I'm not do you have any? <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you, do you have uh, any like social media and Twitter or anything? Is that some way that people oh, can yeah. track you oh, or yeah, no? Yeah. I mean, I'm on. Yeah. I'm, I mean, my Twitter is just basically in my my Facebook feed that I, that I copy over to Twitter all the time. But yeah, oh, okay, I, I think okay. it's just uh, twittercom slash argon 52 because my football number was 52. I'm so yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but it, I'm, basically, if you want to ever look for me anywhere, I would probably be Argon Fifty Two on gaming or whatever else. Oh, okay, and, okay. Uh, but uh, but I'm pretty sure my Twitter and of course Facebook yeah. is BG Hollums and um, and you can also check out uh, my photography at HollumsPhotography.com if you want to check out some of the, my contemporary. Oh, yeah, cool. Too. Yeah, I think there's really a way cool to contact me through that website too. So, okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, dude, DJ, D, sorry, DG. Um, uh, I, for, well, first of all, I just want to say, uh, thanks for being a part of this today and, uh, sharing the highs and the lows. And, and I love hearing about the way you want to help people who are, you know, who've been through hard times in ministry and are, you know, want to wash their hands of it maybe, or thinking about it and, and just kind of helping them walk through this, this particular season of their lives and bring some healing, uh, whatever that looks like for them and some, forward you know movement or not not keeping that helping them not to get stuck in that right and just kind of keep going wherever god leads them i think that's really yeah. cool and, yeah and, you know and, honestly uh, the, the the big picture of this honestly for me is that i really uh-huh. do see that this is the potential future of the church i mean i really mm-hmm. do see that you know we have there's multiple different orders uh we have benedictine and franciscan and all kinds of stuff and so what would it look like if there were a bunch of different orders for, you know, the Neo, the Neo orders or the Neo fires or whatever yeah. else? I mean, I, I really see this as the potential future of the church uh, with yeah. whatever this reformation that's going to be happening is going to be. So that's really it's, cool. It's, it's that's way, really way bigger and way deeper than what I ever thought. But yeah. It's yeah. That's awesome. Well, and, uh, and then let me also just say thanks for your friendship over the years. Uh, this is really fun to catch up like this and, uh, we got to get together again sometime soon. Uh, no, face man, to I face. love you so much. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> yeah. I would love to go to a conference or something like you again. That was just really great. Totally. totally. <laughs> yeah. I do love you. And of course, I pray for you every day, man. I appreciate you. Well, if you have any experience in ministry, you know that ministry can be incredibly rewarding and it can be incredibly painful. Uh, I, you know, I'm so glad for people like DG who is taking his experiences of having been hurt by the church and is following God's call to bless others who have experienced uh, the kind of pain that he has. Uh, I love that rather than saying, well, since the church hurt me, I'm cutting ties with the church. I love that DG is saying, yes, the church hurt me and I'm not the only one. And so why don't we come together, find healing together, encourage one another, and essentially be the church together. Hopefully, a healthier church. Well, as DG mentioned, you can connect with him uh, by email at argonhollums 
at gmail.com. That's A-R-G-O-N-H-O-L-L-U-M-S at gmail.com. And you can also see his photography, which is really great, at www.hollamsphotography.com. You should check that out. And if you have experienced any pain in ministry, then I would definitely encourage you to reach out to DG. Uh, DG is a great person, and he would uh, definitely be receptive uh, to connecting with you. Uh, I also encourage you to check out some of the books that he mentioned. You can find all of them in the show notes, which are on my website at www.marcuswatson.com. Just navigate to uh, podcast episode 18 and you'll find the show notes there. Well, I'm so glad to have been back with all of you again uh, today. It was good to take a, a couple of weeks off, but it's great to be back. And I am so glad that you're back as well. I hope you had a fantastic uh, Christmas and New Year's and uh, and are ready to uh, get into this new year with all of the good, probably some bad, that it brings. Uh, but I'm excited to start a new year with all of you. Well, great to be with you, and I will see you next time here on Spiritual Life and Leadership. <music>